0: up level up nation and welcome to the thursday february 24th edition of level up live your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN media my name is fiasco you can call me john as always and i am joined once again for the 270th time skip a couple episodes here and there due to various things like illness It's the king of the courtside joey what's up buddy
1: John, it's so interesting. I usually don't get the intro music to come through outside like the first couple seconds. That time it was coming through and like competing with your voice for me. So it was like all up and down. It was a little crazy. It's a little different. But John, it is another Thursday. We are back. Uh, The world's a little bit crazy. Uh, The gaming industry looking a little bit crazy this week as well. So there is a lot to cover overall. Absolutely.
0: And of course, we're joined by another awesome person here on Love, Love, Live. But before we even bring that awesome person on, Nation, we have a little bit of homework to do. Uh, And uh, first off, shame on you if you haven't done so already, uh, because if you're tuning in, you've probably listened for a little bit. If you're new, congratulations, homework, right? Your favorite podcast is going to give you, your new favorite podcast is giving you homework off the bat. But it's okay, Nation, we're going to help you cheat here real quick. All we're asking is you to follow the show on social media. Twitter, Facebook, at Level Up Live, that's at LVLUP Live. It's as simple as that. You want extra credit? Follow Joey at Courtside King. Follow myself at Fiasco, because... Again, we're your new favorite show if you're new. If you're watching again or listening again, guess what? We're still your favorite show, so you better be following us. Simple as that. Extra credit is extended throughout the semester, so feel free to give the show and your host a follow. And Nation, as always, the best place to catch Level Up Live, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, twitch.tv slash otnmedia. But it's okay. We understand. Y'all may have lives outside off the computer. It's cool. We have a podcast version for you as well. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And just one more thing. If you're going to listen to the podcast, please do leave us a review. Reviews do go a long way. Not only help uh, get more people interested in the podcast, but also it gives us that feedback that Joey and I would love so we can make this show what you, our listeners and viewers, want the most. So please do leave us that feedback. Uh, Let's see. Patreon.com slash OTN. You want to be a super fan? You've already earned extra credit. Uh, Why not go for the Brown Nose Award of the semester of the year? Patreon.com slash OTN. Check out the awesome tiers. Become a super fan today. Patreon.com slash OTN. Uh, It always feels so awkward plugging uh, Patreon on there. It's uh, absolutely uh, insane. But uh, just for a a, uh, we're going to change pace here just a little bit. Uh, here before we hop into uh what we're talking about today obviously we're we're here to talk about gaming and esports news we're here to talk about things that uh we enjoy things that uh, make us happy things that make us smile maybe bring us a little frustration but at the end of the day uh, they are video games uh they are they are something as simple as hopping on a console hopping on a phone hopping on your computer um and it helps us uh break away from the stress of real-life activity, real-world events. Uh, And and unfortunately, we're in one of those moments again. Uh, As uh, if you have been paying attention to the news, it's all over social media, it's all over the television. Uh, There is currently a crisis in Ukraine as Russia has invaded the sovereign nation of Ukraine, threatening its people uh for you know again we're not a political podcast but at the same time we we understand and we pay attention to what's going on in the world this does impact everyone uh, as the potential of this uh could escalate uh in and if we're being completely honest um so uh, what we like to do before we start the show uh joey if you have any words you want to put in here before we, we go into the uh, quick moment of silence
1: No, I think you've done a good job. I mean, that's the biggest thing here. Whether it be gaming and esports that it impacts, this is impacting so much more, as John said. Gaming and esports is a leisure. For some people, it is a job. Um, But for this, this is a lot of people's lives at stake here in Ukraine. Uh, A lot of, I would argue, needless fighting, and I think many others would as well. So that's the biggest thing here is just keeping people in our thoughts. And, and this goes not to turn it to a different topic, but when we get all this console war stuff as well, it just comes down to respecting one another. We talk about that a lot. This is obviously a much more severe situation than that, but it comes down to respecting one another. And that's really what we're trying to drive forward here with this beginning segment.
0: So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick moment of silence here uh, just to uh, reflect, offer prayers, good vibes, uh, good intentions, whatever it is uh, to the people of Ukraine uh, for their safety uh, and and hopefully an end to this needless violence, uh, as as this will affect the world, uh, it, we're we're gonna feel it all across the world with what's going on here. Uh, so we're just gonna take a quick moment of silence uh, it, to uh, you know pay respects to to the people of Ukraine uh, and uh, to uh, hopefully you know have their protection and safety during this time. All right, appreciate it everyone. Uh again, uh pay attention to what's going on out, out out there. Uh for our European listeners, stay safe. Uh keep a heads up uh with everything that's going on there. Uh pay attention to your local news uh and, and and what your governments are saying. Uh definitely if you're in on the European continent uh and and on Asia if you're uh towards uh that Russia side of Asia, definitely pay attention as well uh for news that's going there. Stay safe everyone and hopefully we'll be playing uh, games in a peaceful world once again, hopefully very soon. All right, Joey, let's go ahead and get to the nitty gritty. Why we are all here, and that's to take a break from those real world events going on right now to celebrate gaming and esports. So, Joey, what are we talking about today on tonight's edition of Level Up Live?
1: absolutely john we have a lot to cover in gaming and esports we're talking about a couple acquisitions we're talking about a recent ubisoft earnings call diving into a possible ubisoft acquisition as well as some upcoming games that are still in the works over there as well we're going to be looking at an upcoming pokemon presents later this month in february the capcom announcement revealing street fighter 6 and a logo that might not be as creative as people would have liked we're talking some new japanese games headed to xbox Bethesda PC launcher shutting down. Elden Ring releasing this week. A new 2K Lego partnership,
0: and so much more. Holy smokes, Joey! We have a time limit on this show. You know, I, I hope you realize <laughs> that. I'm, I'm looking here at our at our pages and pages of notes. If my my estimates are correct, and the scroll bar is as small as it looks, that's like 38, 39 pages worth of topics. I'm joking. Oh it's it's not that many. It's not, it's not that. It's not that many. Everyone, calm down. It's 34. So, anywho, Joey, we have our topics. It is time for our drink of choice. Joey, what is your beverage for tonight's episode?
1: John, I am going back to the bourbon. A little bit of Woodford oh. Reserve here with me tonight to accompany us through this thirty-four page long session of notes.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Joey. I, I'm. I still have a little bit of a cough from my battle with COVID. Uh, so I'm. I'm. I, I. am on the tail end of the, uh, the uh, quarantine slash isolation period. Doing a lot better than I was last week. Uh, so I'm staying hydrated. With soda, which is not something that hydrates you, it's a dehydrant. So, yeah, I don't know why I'm doing that, Joey, but uh, it's my first soda in ten days, so I'm gonna have it because I'm excited and I can do that. So, Joey, you have your Woodford Reserve, which is funny because I heard a commercial for that on the TV before we started. Hey. Um, So I was like, oh, Joey, five bucks, he's gonna have that tonight. I won five bucks off myself. Simple as that, Uh, Joey. But but if we're talking about winning, if we're talking about earning the big bucks, uh, we need to look no further than our special guest tonight. He is the man behind the scenes of OTN through our content pushing and all that fun stuff. He is our content strategist at OTN, and he's also a nerd, which is cool because we accept him for that. He's a nerd, he's a gamer, and he's our good friend. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, making his return once again to level up live. Scooby-Drooby-Doo. Nah, it's Drew Walker. What's up, buddy? How you doing?
2: (laughs) I am doing great. I got to say, you... uh... You got me be really hyped. You mentioned an awesome guest, and I kept waiting for somebody else to jump into the Discord call here, and it never happened. So uh, man, I don't know if they on. just didn't make it today or what, but I'm happy to be here still anyway.
0: Well, you know, everyone else canceled, Drew, so we had to find someone else. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Drew, again, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, just before we start here real quick, Drew, I know it's not on the notes, but just real quick, Drew finally played through Life is Strange, the original game the remastered version. We're not going to talk about the game breaking bugs that are in the remastered version. We're going to stay positive here. Obviously life is strange is a game. That's near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love that game. I love the narrative. I love what that game stands for drew. You had your first playthrough. You streamed a little bit on OTN. I want to get your reaction to the amazing game. That is life is strange. And then I'm going to have one more final question for you at the end before we move on.
2: All right. Well, uh, first of all, It was incredible. Um, I'm very sad that I didn't play it sooner, but I'm also glad that I didn't because I got to share it with you guys by streaming it through my new capture card that I bought to go with my Xbox Series X. It's, oh my gosh, it was an incredible story. Um, I honestly didn't expect to get so sucked into it. Um, It's also my first experience with those episodic games like that. I've never really done one of those more story-driven episodic games so that was really cool and i i wish i could go back and experience it for the first time again Uh, but there's not many games that i feel that way about
0: yeah absolutely and and if you would imagine when that game came out you're talking two three months in between episodes when when that game was originally coming out i believe it was um 2015 uh so it it was three months in between episode one episode two episode three all the way up through five uh, I do have to ask, and this is a minor spoiler, um, but are you team save the bay or team save your bay?
2: Oh, I am. I am spoiler alert. Team, <laughs> team save your bay. Absolutely. Like, the game sets you up for that. How could you make <laughs> any other choice?
0: It it is. It's a tough choice. In all honesty, that that was a. I think I like spent fifteen minutes on that choice trying to figure out what I was gonna do.
2: It's tough. You know, I- it's tough. I probably would have spent 15 minutes on that choice, uh, but it was my third time playing through uh, episode five to get to the point of making that choice. So I didn't waste any time just in case it decided to shut off again. We're, we're
0: keeping a positive game breaking bugs. Get it fixed square Enix. All right, Joey with that, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's jump
1: into gaming and esports news. Let's go. Uh, ironically enough you did kind of (laughs) ask the first question here in the notes we're going to expand on it a little bit further so we know you played life is strange recently drew but for the listeners who might not know you as well what are some other game genres you like to play and what else are you playing right now
2: that's a great question i play a lot of random games uh this one won't surprise either of you but for the last two days i've been playing destiny 2 nerd witch queen is out it's amazing um somehow and i this is The thing that I've always struggled with with Destiny 2, especially the last few years, is I loved Destiny 1 so much and there was just some of that magic that was lost in Destiny 2. This campaign that they've put in here feels like playing the original campaign in Destiny 1. It's it's a little more episodic feeling. You get your rewards at the end that actually come out of a chest instead of like, just sort of as a pop-up after you've went back into orbit. It, it it has that real campaign feel again, and it makes me excited to keep playing through it and, and to keep checking it out. So that's what I've been playing uh, mostly. Also, some Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus, or Arceus, depending on which hardcore fan you ask. That's an awesome game. I'm actually really impressed with it. The graphics suck, uh, but it's still a very fun game, and... Yeah, and then my wife has been playing Animal Crossing again, and it's making me want to go back and visit the town since they keep asking about me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Great choices all around. I have to ask, so Destiny has, what is it, the Hunter, the Titan, and the Warlock? Which of those three do you main the most?
2: Um, Guess for me. I want to see what you all think
1: of me. Go ahead, John. I'll let you go first. What was
0: it, Titan, Guardian, or Warlock?
1: Titan, Hunter, Hunter, or Warlock
0: drew you are giving me hunter vibes
1: yeah i'm gonna guess hunter as well
2: yes yeah, both know me very well i have been a hunter since the destiny one beta that i played when i lived in fairfax with joey
1: hello yeah i see a little bit of inside information there <laughs> well, former roommates that
2: eight years ago i had more power to you
1: You know, we do what we can around here, Drew. But yes, we're glad to hear you diving into the Witch Queen. We're glad it's going well so far. I'll be honest, I've had this slight itch, uh, both on my shoulder and in my library, to download Destiny again. (laughs) And I've been tempted. I've touched it a few times. I've clicked delete while it started installing. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet, because I will have to buy the expansion if I do. Uh, The problem is time. So the last question alongside Destiny, how does it go for someone maybe looking to jump into Destiny for the first time, or someone looking to jump back in? Is this a good expansion to do so? Is there enough flexibility in that area?
2: This is actually a really good expansion to jump into because I, I fell off of it for the last couple seasons. I jumped in to play a little bit of the story, and I still missed stuff. Uh, and part of that problem was to do the leveling up, you had to do all of these different things to get the gear that would help level you up. And for this expansion, they start everyone at the new base power level of 1350, arbitrary numbers. Um, but they, st- they all of your gear that you already had, they bumped it up to that Um, the different activities that you need to do to earn that gear is a lot less. There's a lot less options and trying to figure out which screen you need to go to. So it's a really good time to jump in. There's a very base few things to jump into with enough variety mixed in them to feel like you're getting a good experience, but not feel overwhelmed by I don't know what to do next.
1: I like it. It Sounds welcoming enough. Uh also, fun fact along the alliance. You said I think 1350 is the new starting gear level. Uh, last time I played Destiny, I was at 305, which was capped at that point. <laughs> so I think I'm a little bit behind, just just a tad bit. Back in my day, Destiny didn't go over 400. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, right? Uh, yeah, good old Destiny. Well, we're glad you're having fun with that, Drew. I think it looks awesome. Seems like a lot of people are liking it quite a bit as well. With that being said, let's start diving into some of this gaming news, kicking things off with acquisitions. They're a little bit more businessy. We'll talk a little bit about them, but not too, too much. Tencent, they've acquired Inflection Games. Again, it feels like every week we talk about Tencent buying someone, this being the newest one on the list. Uh, Inflection Games is going to continue to work on developing a shared world survival crafting game known as Nightingale. I don't know too much about that, and I don't think John or Drew do either. But it is one of those games that's in the works. It's an interesting company behind it. And it's one Tencent has been investing in. When they like a company, they tend to continue investing over and over until they hit that majority ownership, which in this case, they ended up doing. And then Nintendo, uh, it feels like they've been on the sidelines of this acquisition war. We see 2K making moves. We see Microsoft. We see Sony. Tencent, obviously. Everyone making these big moves and acquisitions. Nintendo really not doing much at all on that front. Uh, Not that they need to, because the Switch is selling extremely well still. Well, after nearly 40 years of working together, Nintendo has made an acquisition in is SRD company. Uh, the date is expected, or the deal rather, is expected to close in April. Uh, this is a company they've worked with on classic Mario games, classic Donkey Kong games. It's practically in-house anyway, uh, but now officially being acquired by Nintendo as well. Uh, any thoughts on either of these, John or Drew? John, we'll start with you.
0: Wow, Nintendo acquiring something. Uh, that's great. This is going to be you know, games that you're already paying $40 for originally, then when they re-release, it, it'll be another $60 to buy it. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great. Um, you know, did Nintendo have to do this? Probably not. Uh, when you have a good working relationship that spans over 40 years, um, acquiring that company uh, may be more beneficial to the company being acquired than it is to Nintendo because you're not really losing anything. If you're Nintendo, because you have that long history, but at the same time, like, Nintendo's keeping an eye on what's going on. Ten cents in the news, acquiring companies left and right. Uh, Xbox and Microsoft are out there acquiring absolute behemoths for billions and billions of dollars. Um, I'm not going to say it's like a panic move or anything from Nintendo. I think it's just more of a you know we've had a relationship with you for 40 years like why not just make it even better and put ourselves all under one umbrella kind of thing might, might be a little bit easier that way um but yeah I, I think i think it works i don't think it's anything too crazy um but yeah it's not
1: bad yeah more or less tying the knot it feels like drew any further thoughts on the nintendo or tencent acquisitions
2: Yeah, the Nintendo one, I just, I agree. It seems more like locking down that partnership that already existed, formalizing something that was already there, common law marriage, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Probably simplifies some of the internal, like, reporting structure and such as well to make logistics a little easier. My company just went through an acquisition last year, two years ago, and it's still chaotic mess trying to figure out who talks to who and how to do it. Uh, As for Tencent, I'm just waiting for them to either release a console or acquire a console maker. At this point, Um, they're 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 enormous, and I don't know how that's going to end up playing out for the gaming industry.
1: But they scare me.
0: You have a phone, right? (laughs) Not a phone. Oh, Blizzard. Ah, sorry, I had to.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I feel like they're working on a Steam Deck sort of thing, maybe even like a Stadia type of device. So we'll see if that eventually makes its way out. Uh, but yeah, they're big. I mean, they have a streaming service, so they have like a Twitch competitor. They have a Steam competitor over in China. They have obviously tons of different publishing arms as well as game developers. So they're big and they're one to keep an eye out for. Sticking with acquisitions that we're going to slide over to one that's a little bit more homey here with Ubisoft. A lot of people know Ubisoft for Assassin's Creed number of other great games and titles under their umbrella but assassin's creed kind of being that big one alongside tom clancy games they have confirmed that their plan is to stay independent for now but they will review any acquisition calls and offers that come their way so they're pretty much saying hey we're gonna do our own thing but our door is open if you come with the right price tag and you're the right person for the job so looking at that keeping that in mind uh, i personally i would love for ubisoft to stay independent And, but at the same point, they're like acquisition or acquisition. They're like Activision, where they do need some cleanup over there. There are a number of internal issues going on at Ubisoft as well. Uh, So, with that being said, do you guys see anyone as a potential suitor for them? Is it Tencent? Is it Microsoft? Is it Sony? Do we see someone else like an EA or a Take Two possibly sliding in here? Drew, we'll start with you on this one.
2: I was thinking more along the lines of maybe like an EA type of acquisition. I feel like especially lately, the games they've made there have moved more and more towards that um, that games as a service type model. And whether you love EA or not, they're really good at that games of a service type model. Um, and I'm with you. I don't want one of the major console owners to buy them uh, just because I, I don't want everyone being owned by Xbox or Sony since Nintendo's really not buying anybody. Uh, but they do need some cleanup. I don't know that I trust EA to help clean them up in the correct way. They have seemed to be a little better lately, but I think that makes more sense.
0: John. I do not want EA to acquire them. I think EA needs to go through a car wash, uh, through another company, uh, of being acquired themselves. Uh, there's a lot of issues I have with EA. I think I speak for a lot of gamers when I say that, uh, whether you're on the EA sports side or just the other EA side, uh, we all love the origin client. Um, for for all of EA's products that they have out there cuz that is not a disaster. Uh FIFA, you were their biggest title in the EA sports side of the division. That's fantastic. They're battling the actual governing body of FIFA at the moment. Uh so yeah, I mean EA's a hot mess. I I I personally don't want them to acquire uh Ubisoft or really anybody else. I see them being acquired because that's probably what's going to need to uh to straighten them out. Um I'm glad to know Ubisoft wants to stay independent. I think that's really good. Um, and I think that's great for Ubisoft as well because then, you know, you can get those exclusive deals here or there or the limited time ex- uh, exclusivity for, you know, more money. It's it's more of an opportunity uh, to kind of, uh, you know, get better, more favorable deals and contracts. But at the same time, like, yeah, I think it's going to happen. Uh, and, and, you know, In retrospect of everything else going on, if Activision Blizzard is going to get acquired, uh, if Bethesda is going to get acquired, uh, then Ubisoft, I mean, it's almost a no-brainer that it seems like they're going to get acquired. It's only a matter of time before that door is knocked on or that doorbell rings and Ubisoft opens the door and says, oh, I like you a lot. Come on inside and take everything. Um, I I don't know. I don't think it's going to be EA, but I do agree with Drew. I hope it's not a console maker. Um, I, part of me wants to have like a, oh, this sounds so bad. It sounds like Blizzard Activision, a, a super conglomerate of like developers that are independent from Microsoft and Sony that have a large, like, uh, you know, library of titles that they have, that they work on. Um, but you know, who knows? I mean, money speaks volumes and I mean, it could, it could easily be a console maker that takes them to
1: John. Nowadays we call that 10 cent. Yeah, um. for real. Right. <laughs> It definitely feels like that. I'm alongside Drew here. I think EA is a very big potential suitor here. Uh, With the Activision Blizzard news, it didn't technically come out, but we do know they were approached by five different companies. (laughs) I got a cough there. Uh, See, John, you're spreading COVID through the mic. Stop it. Um, Yeah, so there (laughs) were five different companies that at one point approached Activision Blizzard, one of those obviously being Microsoft. We don't know who the others were. Uh, I believe it did come out at one point from someone. (laughs) Uh, you were too extra for me. Uh, <laughs> it came out from someone that they were looking at actually a merger with EA. So if EA was looking at a potential merger with Activision Blizzard, and now that move fell through with Microsoft acquiring them, my thoughts have to be, okay, EA is going to look for who the next person is to merge with. Then you look at like in Ubisoft, you have Square Enix around that same price point. A little bit more expensive, you have Take-Two. So there's a number of people around that kind of like $10 billion to $25, 30000000000 billion price line That would still be under what EA is worth, so they would hold the majority, but it would help expand the company by quite a bit. So for me, Ubisoft is a big win there. Uh, I also think another one that would be a big win, maybe not necessarily for gamers, but for their company, would be Amazon. If Amazon is really serious about getting into the gaming space, the thing they're lacking right now is having that publishing deal. Sure, they can publish their own games, but what kind of IPs are they coming to the table with? Uh, Crucible, that one lasted, what, a week? Maybe two weeks at most? Uh, So that one didn't do too hot. Then they came out and they had Lost World, and that one has, or Lost Ark rather, and that's done really well, but that was a partnership. They don't technically own the IP, they're the publishing arm for like North America and Europe. So then it's really just New World that has been the only title that they've released that's been pretty overall successful. We see them diving more and more into TVs and movies that kind of revolve around games as well, with some of those in development. I think Fallout might be being developed by Amazon as well. So there's a number of deals out there and a number of game-related things that they're trying to get into, but Amazon Luna is not the answer. Sure, it's pulled in some users. Sure, it's had some successes here and there, but without a lot of IP to sell it, why would I go from, say, Microsoft's XCloud or even NVIDIA GeForce to a Google Stadia to an Amazon Luna? The only reason I'm going to do that is if you can give me titles or give me exclusive titles or give me some kind of access I can't get somewhere else. Buying someone like Ubisoft could give them that that could say, hey, this is the only place to get Assassin's Creed cloud streamed, or this is the only place to play Tom Clancy with everyone else, or whatever you want to end up doing. So there are different abilities that they could leverage having a publisher. So as much as I don't necessarily want Amazon to jump into the space, this would be a good purchase for them as a business model for eSports as well, or gaming rather. That cough really threw me off. Um, So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Overall, guys, Ubisoft saying... They're not potentially looking to be acquired here, but also saying the door is open. They're listening to all offers. That pretty much to me says, hey, if the price is right, we're definitely willing to move forward with it. Uh, we did get like a couple saying- other things out of the earning call. Go ahead, Drew.
2: I say, that's like saying your house isn't for sale. What if someone walks up with 500,000 in cash?
1: If you're going to consider
2: your house being for sale.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's what Activision did in a sense. Like Microsoft started that conversation. It was like November 19th, I think is when it started. And it was announced like two months later in January. So if the right price comes through, people will definitely pull the trigger. And Ubisoft, I don't think, will be any different here. Looking at the last bit of news from that earnings call, they confirmed plans to release the following games between April 2022 and 2023. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, that's a big Avatar game, the same one that ended up giving Disney the ability to say, hey, you guys are capable of making some great games. Go ahead and have a Star Wars license as well. We have Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope The deal with Nintendo there. Skull and Bones. This is that Sea of Thieves type of game, that pirate game that has been around for feels like six or seven years now that it's been in development. It's been shuffled around. I think it's been with three or four different development studios. Uh, Supposedly, it's still going to release that alongside some other exciting games to come. They'll be coming sometime in the April 2022 to 2023 window. Moving forward, this one coming from Cerebi.net, a Pokemon Presents is expected to be announced for this upcoming Sunday, February 27th. I'm not sure exactly what this is, guys, but personally, I'm expecting this one to cover the first DLC pack for Pokemon Legends. I believe it's pronounced RCS, uh, which I believe is set to drop in May. Drew, you said you were playing this game right now. Uh, What are your thoughts on what we might be able to see in the first DLC pack?
2: Well, I'm not terribly far into the game, but I've watched enough other people play and read enough about it that uh, what I'm really expecting is either probably a new region. Um, you're in what eventually becomes, I don't even remember which region, so I'm not even going to guess. Uh, I'll History. get chased out, but yeah, well, but it becomes, I feel like it doesn't become Hoenn it, in the future. One of the versions of the games we have, it becomes that region because you visit sites that are mentioned in those games. So I'm expecting to go to like the native version of Kanto or the native version of Johto, and and get to do more of that and catch more of the pokemon especially with the 3ds store shutting down soon some of the pokemon aren't going to be available anywhere on the switch once that happens so they're, they're going to have to find a way to bring those pokemon in i think that's an easy way to do it um and this game has been immensely popular and i think people would love to just have a new place to go and chuck pokeballs at pokemon and run away
1: yeah, you got to catch them all, and you can't do that if they shut down the store. But, Joey, look,
0: in all honesty, I, I, I this won't happen. Um, I, but I need a game where the Pokemon are out there trying to catch the trainers and putting <laughs> the trainers up against each other to fight. Uh, this whole idea of catching wild Pokemon and trapping them in a Pokeball is not cool. Like we, we need to flip the script on this. I need Pikachu catching Ash Ketchum and throwing him in an arena versus Gary. Uh, we're going OG back to Season 1. I'm sorry. That's when I stopped paying attention. Uh, so so yeah, I need to see that
2: happen. I don't know when John started working for PETA, but here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's like a weird cross between an April Fool's Day joke and some kind of like Halloween terror movie. Oh, it sounds um, great. That yeah, that would be quite the quite the experience. Like, what kind of attacks would you do? Throw a punch, throw a kick, or you got something else creative? Well, if in it, well, if it's
0: at, if it's Ash Ketchum, it's uh uh throw throw uh throw a temper tantrum, uh cry about it. Uh, try to get sympathy for failing again. Uh, you know, it, it, it's mainly emotional and, and like, like psychological moves uh, versus physical. Gary would come over and just kind of backhand him, uh, but that's, that's pretty much it, though. But he would just use that more like psychic Pokemon kind of moves, like confusion or sympathy, you know, stuff like that.
2: The power of friendship.
0: Oh, God.
2: Because it is anime.
0: This is true. This, you know, That's the funny thing, right? So, side note. My niece does not understand why people like anime, but she likes Pokemon. And as soon as I told her Pokemon's an anime, I was called a liar. I, I was called a liar. Like as if, as if like, I didn't know what I was talking about.
2: Like. right? You're not, it's, it's not like you're a weeb or anything. Why it, would you know? It's
0: not like I have a premium subscription to Crunchyroll. It's not like I don't go to anime conventions. It's not like I grew up, in an Asian country for most of my childhood. You know, it's completely fine. Even my sister, who is as anti-anime as it gets, knows Pokemon's an anime. Like, I just,
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) I just don't. Well, anime or not, (laughs) I'm still getting over this game that you've just designed of Pokemon sending out their trainers to fight. Uh, That is quite ideal. We'll send that one over to Game Freak and see what happens.
0: OTN Game Studios will do it.
1: Wow, that'll be an incredible hit, I'm sure, to get our career started. Uh, speaking of hits, or maybe not so much, Capcom, they had their countdown announcement. They gave us this nice little clock. It played on a webpage for about a week long. And then as we previously mentioned on our Discord server, which is discord.me forward slash OTN, ahead of the announcement, we expected Capcom to announce the next Street Fighter, Street Fighter Six, And that is exactly what we got, plus some. So it is believed that Street Fighter Six will be a little bit different. It's going to be made on the Resident Evil engine. On top of that, it sounds like it's being developed for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. With that being said, there is a disclaimer because people are expecting Sony to money hat this one. There's some whispers of it, some expectation of it. We'll see what happens in the end. But Sony is known for this, especially with Japanese games, paying for exclusivity, especially on the console for a year to two years. We've seen them do it recently. Uh, Final Fantasy is a good example of that. They're going to do it again with the next Final Fantasy They're doing it again with a 2K game. They've done it a number of times. That's Sony's motive right now. And it works really well. I mean, they're selling tons of consoles doing it. Street Fighter, they already bought Evo. It makes sense to kind of lock this one to your platform. At least Evo compositions, I think it's pretty easy and safe to say. They will be played on PlayStations, most likely PlayStation 5s. So locking it to a PlayStation works well for Sony, even if it does cost a pretty penny to do so. So I'm not sure if that's true. It could just be a rumor, uh, but it is one to keep an eye out for. On top of that, we also got a collection of Capcom fighting games. I believe it's like 12 games in total. I don't have the number in front of me, uh, but classic Capcom fighting games. That one will be coming to PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. I don't know if Nintendo Switch is on that list, um, but overall, that one is guaranteed to be coming. Street Fighter VI did not have a console announced with it, Uh, but one of the most controversial things of it, people are nervous about the new engine. People are nervous about how that's going to play into the new mechanics. But the logo. Uh guys, they believe this logo was stolen. Uh they think it was a stock image logo that was slightly adjusted with a six thrown onto it, a little bit of paint splash. Uh that's kind of a messy situation if you're Capcom at this point. You're looking at being a company possibly up for acquisition. You're releasing a new big Street Fighter title, and your logo looks like it was straight up stolen from a stock image. Yikes.
0: I've got to find this. Hold on.
1: I put the article in the notes as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, it should be a link
2: in It's bad. It's as bad as... It looks uh, so similar. Like It literally
1: looks like they thinned up the line and threw a six with a paint splash. All
0: right, Level Up Nation, we're leaving this up to you. This is how awesome this is going to be. Is this... Cool transition. A stolen image. Now, look, in their defense, the borderline's a little bit thinner. A little bit more of a spray-painty effect going around the exterior, and some chunks are taken out of those thin lines that go around the SF. Um, but yes, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a very, 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 very poorly stolen design.
2: <laughs> it was an overworked social media intern who came up with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's rough. And like, if you look at other Street Fighter logos, like, they in the past, they've looked so different. So it's just even a weird change of direction for the series in that sense. Like, sure, you're going to a new engine. Sure, that's going to bring new mechanics and new things. But your other games have this like very vibrant logo, this very aggressive logo that kind of fits the style of Street Fighter. This doesn't hit the aggression as much. Sure, the paint splatter gives a little bit of it, but it's very simple compared to the other ones. It's very stolen compared to the stock (laughs) image. Uh, It just, it doesn't feel like it hits the mark quite as much as some of Ryu's punches. So I think they kind of missed the mark on this one overall.
2: This looks like the logo that somebody has on their Halo character. Like you could design this in the Halo logo creator. (laughs) And that is your logo for the Halo games. Master Chief Collection. I could probably go make this right now.
0: Like Drew's over here implicating 343 in this whole
1: whole ordeal. And they're like, hey, (laughs) leave us out of this. Like we want none of this. Yeah, they have enough issues to deal with on their own over there, it feels like. Um, But yeah, overall, so that's what you guys got out of that Capcom countdown. Uh, Some people are hoping for Resident Evil. I think you're still going to get a Resident Evil 4 remake announcement later this year. Uh, It's just not going to come at the end of a Street Fighter esports event. Pretty much lined up. They even held the clock like an extra 30 to 45 minutes until the event ended. It's like, guys, if you don't believe it's Street Fighter at this point, like I don't know how much more can convince you. Uh, They did end up making the announcement after the event concluded, so it just kind of ran right into one another. Uh, In the end, new Street Fighter game coming. We don't have a date. We don't have consoles, but it is one to look forward to potentially. Next up, just a quick hit of gaming knowledge here. Soul Hackers 2 from Atlas is confirmed. It will be coming to PlayStation and Xbox consoles as well as PC later this year. Why mention it? Again, not too much to say here. I don't know if either one of you guys played Soul Hackers. I personally didn't. I've never really gotten into that. I think it's the Megami Tensei series. Um, But overall, this is going to be the first Atlas game published on an Xbox console since all the way back in 2014 with a Persona 4 uh, version that came out of that franchise. This is big for Xbox. It shows that Microsoft is making ways over in Asia. Whether they're selling the number of consoles they want to, the subscriptions they want to, uh, it doesn't really matter if they are pulling in the developers. That means something over there is going right, whether it be the conversations, whether it be the sales, whether it be the fan involvement and engagement. Either way, bringing in a publisher like Atlas who's held off your platform for eight years now is a big, big win for Microsoft and Xbox. So I think that's the biggest thing worth of note of this one.
0: Would this be considered an anime art style? I'm asking
1: for my niece that doesn't believe uh, in anime. I think this could be safely <laughs> considered that.
2: <laughs> it's borderline.
1: Yeah borderline. I'm going to send you to the border. Uh, Nira Tomina is getting an anime. Drew is a fan of this series. I've started to play this series. Uh, it's a little trippy, but I do like the mechanics. It's got some creativity in there. It definitely has a, uh, we'll call it an anime art style for John's niece. Uh, in the end, they did give a quick reveal of a teaser this week for an upcoming TV series as well.
2: I think this game is perfect for an anime series. It's already packed with weirdness and randomness. So, I mean, what more could you possibly want, uh, made for TV at this point?
1: Yeah, and there even is a little bit of that power of friendship mixed in. Whether it's a little twist or turn here and there, it is definitely in there. Uh, overall, I think the series is great. I did not play Nier, Uh What's the other one that just recently came out? Reincarnation, or that's the mobile game?
2: Yeah, which what's, is also pretty cool.
1: What's the other one that just came out, though, on console? I think it was re-released.
2: Yeah, it was some long, ridiculous name.
1: Yeah, near something. I can't think of it. But Automata is great. I think Automata even won Game of the Year. It was runner-up for Game of the Year the year it came out. Uh, super interesting story. You have to beat the game multiple times to get to the true ending. Uh, definitely one worth checking out. I think it's on Game Pass for console and for PC as well, if you guys are subscribed to that. Uh, it might have even been a PS Now title at 1.2. So go ahead and check that one out if you're interested. And again, TV series coming later on via an anime. So
2: the name of the one was Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. Dot, dot, dot.
0: Drew's over here making numbers up. That's that is,
1: and that is how you spell pie, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, very interesting, very, very numerical. Um, but yeah, in the end, your series, very cool. I'm glad it's getting an anime adaptation. Uh, I am curious a lot of these adaptations to TV. I'm always wondering, do they go straight off the lore of the show? We've seen that happen a bit with different animes and JRPG games, or do they kind of switch it up a little bit? So it'll be curious to see what they do with this one. Uh, With that being said, moving to the Western side of things, the Bethesda PC launcher is being sunset. It is going night-night, sleep tight. Library and save transfers to Steam will be available starting in April 2022, and the launcher will be shut down in May 2022, just a month later. So if you are currently playing Quake Champions or Doom or whatever via that Bethesda PC launcher, you're going to want to make those moves, shift it over to your Steam client in April prior to that stop in May when you won't have access to that stuff anymore.
0: It's one less launcher on your computer. Rejoice.
1: Yeah, I think the bigger story here, and we don't really have to answer it right now, but what does this mean for battle.net? I would argue battle.net still has a ton more users, and I think they'll probably keep that once the acquisition clears, assuming it does clear. Uh, Bethesda, I don't think that many people are using the Bethesda launcher, so I think it makes sense to kind of sunset this one here.
0: Possibly a controversial take here. I do not have a problem with the battle.net launcher client. I never I think have a lot of people do like I know because like I remember the, when they were talking about killing off the, the name battle.net uh, a couple of years ago like everyone was like no you can't do that you can't do that you know and we hear people talk about launcher clients and, and how bad they are I mean obviously origin is one that pops in my head as being one of the absolute worst out there um, but when it comes to battle.net I've never really had an issue with it in fact. I've praised Blizzard and Activision Blizzard after their merger on how well it's designed, how well it operates, how user-friendly it is, and how it actually gives you access to a lot more news and content for your game. I, I thought they've done a great job with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there that hates the battle uh, launcher, battle.net launcher, but yeah, I've never had an issue with it. I, I, think, I think that's like the golden standard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest issue with it is the fact that Call of Duty updates every time I open the launcher. Well, that, uh, yeah. but that's more of an Activision problem than a Blizzard problem. Boo, so overall, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I did have an issue. I think I deleted Hearthstone once and I tried to reinstall it and it wouldn't reinstall. But other than that, yeah, no real issues. It updates pretty well. It's clean. It's fast. Uh, it's not quite as fast as Steam, but overall, not a bad launcher at all. It's
0: because the launcher knows you shouldn't be playing Hearthstone.
1: I mean, I don't blame it. It's thank you, thank you, that. launcher. Uh, thanks for getting me away from that crazy thing uh speaking of new things to try out though xbox and twitch they've partnered up again they had that little uh let's call it a breakup for a year or two when mixer was a thing then they decided hey let's tie it back up xbox and twitch are partnering once again to make it easier to stream directly from your xbox console not too much to touch on here uh it's begun to roll out i believe yesterday there's some other features that are going to roll out some announced some not announced that are currently in insider rings once they do their whole move through alpha and then I think it's alpha, beta, delta, omega or something or the insider rings. Once it gets all the way through there, they'll eventually make its way to the public release and everything, the streaming capabilities, the new features, all that goodness will be available to the Xbox users out there. Simple, easy, go into your settings, click go live now, bada bing, bada boom, there you are. Uh, we did have someone test out on OTN yesterday. One of the complaints was that it's not easy to see chat. So maybe that's a feature being tested. Maybe it's not, but one thing to keep in mind if you're gonna stream directly from your console moving forward and drew i think you've tried this before right i think it might have been prior or maybe it was mixer that you tried i do remember you streaming from your console at one point though
2: I, i did definitely streamed some with mixer i have actually tried the twitch integration that's why i was a little confused when this came out i thought it was already in there but i knew that it was still being worked on so it seemed like it would be pretty easy i had a couple issues but those were my own um Gaps in knowledge of streaming—that was the problem, not it uh, trying to make the OTN stuff work on it. But it seemed like it was going to be pretty easy. And that that console, the the Series X, especially, is a beast. So you're not going to have any issues streaming from it.
1: Yeah, I could be wrong. I think it's always been there, but now it's integrated into the main menu and like the home menu. Where at one point it was kind of bumped to the side for Mixer, and that kind of became the main streaming platform in a sense for Xbox consoles. Now I think it's taken that center stage once again, more than anything.
2: That makes sense, because even when Mixer was gone, it was still kind of hard to get to the Twitch settings. Mm-hmm. So that that makes sense to integrate it more into that side panel.
1: Absolutely. So exciting stuff there for the prospective streamers there on Xbox consoles. Uh, next up is a big one. John, I know you had some creative ideas around this partnership. 2K has secured a new partnership and licensing agreement with LEGO to produce LEGO Sports Games. John diving over to you first here. NHL is one that you brought up immediately and you had a great idea. What was that idea and what other ideas came to mind? Oh my gosh. I,
0: what was it? Oh, uh, when you check the player into the boards, they break into a bunch of Lego pieces. I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. It's like a, <laughs> like, okay, a Rocket
2: League. here we
0: go. <laughs> um, for, for all of the millennials out there, cause Gen Z will not get this reference. And I apologize. Gen Z. You can Wikipedia it later. NHL Hits was an amazing fran- was an amazing game title and franchise that was like NFL Blitz, but for hockey. And NFL Blitz is another great one that a lot of people don't remember or may not remember uh, that was out there for a bit. Um, but to me, I feel like that arcadey style of game is kind of what's missing. Where you have like those over the top hits, those over the top you know plays that just seem like out of the realm of possibility. But it looks cool. That's why I think, like, Lego games where, you know, Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker saga, uh, with that coming out, like, the, the Lego Star Wars games are known for, like, their humor, for, for adding in funny jokes here and there and making the game a little lighthearted uh, when Star Wars can get a little depressing from time to time, especially when they blow planets up. Um, so, you know, I, I think that would be kind of a cool take here if, if, you know, Lego partners with 2K and they want to make a hockey game Why not have NHL teams as Lego dudes on the ice? And when you check them, they shatter into Lego pieces. I think that'd be kind of cool.
1: I think there's so much potential in here. I mean, you have EA and FIFA fighting over the four-letter word FIFA for their soccer license. You have Pez and whatever its new name is come out, and it didn't release very well. Then you have goals. They have Cristiano Ronaldo. But at the same point, they don't really have much else going in their favor as far as gameplay so far. Uh, It just feels like the soccer world in a sense. While FIFA and whatever EA now names it is going to continue to sell extremely well, there has been a little fracture in that armor. And I feel like there could be some space for the more casual soccer gamer or football, depending on what country you're living in. So I think there's some fun room there. As John said, the NHL thing, something more arcadey. We have so many sim games out there. It feels like everyone goes sim sports games. Where's the NFL Street, the NBA Jam? All those games that were super popular in the 90s really haven't had a resurgence. Maybe LEGO's the one that helps them do that. Like John said, LEGO Star Wars, super successful. Uh, Really, any of the LEGO games, LEGO Indiana Jones, LEGO Batman, they've all sold extremely well. You look at Forza Horizon 4, that game, its best expansion was a LEGO expansion. It was like LEGO Horizon or something. LEGO World, whatever it was called. So LEGO just sells extremely well. People, whether they're young children or young adults or even older people buy Legos and put them together. It's relaxing. It's fun. It's a collector's thing. Uh, Looking at you a little bit, John, Drew, I'm sure you do the same thing. Overall, they're just a great way to connect with people. It spans various ages. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, Sports are the same way, and I feel like this is a fun way to kind of connect everything all together. And you look at baseball, MLB has been struggling to pull in young viewers. What better way to do it than to partner up with a Lego game? Uh, it just feels like this is a partnership that wins on so many different levels. I
0: feel like baseball has to settle their lockout first before they worry about who's viewing it. Yeah. No one's well, one step at a time.
1: time huh? <laughs> Sorry. 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 Billionaires.
0: <laughs> yeah. Billionaires I, getting mad at millionaires because they make too much. It's
2: How dare they? Insane. I, I mean, I, I agree though with what you're saying there, Joey. I mean, you just have to look at like Mario strikers and the hype that was around that from that Nintendo direct or Mario golf. That game was a huge success. People like unrealistic sports games, we'll call it. They they want to have fun playing those sports, and, and LEGO is the perfect way to do that. And, like, the first thing I thought of when I th- saw this was like, ooh, maybe they could do something with curling, because that's my favorite Olympic oh, sport. Oh, that'd be cool. And, but you could do that'd a whole Olympics awesome. thing, because a lot of the Olympics games suck, because they try to be too realistic. You could do some fun, ridiculous, good LEGO Olympic games. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do here. And I remember NBA Legos being a thing 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was like you had like the little pole that attached to the back of the Lego dude with a, a jersey on and he could hold the ball and you could move him up to the goal. You got to look it up. You that or I'm crazy. But I, I remember them being a thing at one point. So it's not it's not crazy to think of Lego and sports crossing over.
1: So we <laughs> you described this to me again here. There's a pole on the end of one of these dudes, and that's how he like moved the ball around? Is that what you're saying?
2: It's like a little stick that would connect to the back of them, and you could move them around, yeah.
0: Okay, hold on wow. a second. I, I'm, I'm looking this up.
1: Yeah,
2: I, unless, I'm, I'm kind unless of getting, I'm like, com-
1: foosball aspect now.
2: Unless I'm combining them with something else, but I know that NBA Legos existed, the jerseys and everything. Wow.
1: Like a video
0: game or a physical game set? It's
1: a physical thing.
0: Okay, I, I I may have found it. Hold on. Okay,
1: let's see that puppy on stream.
0: and and this is actually a YouTube video. So we're gonna see this in action here. Is this what you're talking about, Drew?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: This is 100% absurd. Not even it doesn't even work. The dude literally just dropped the ball. It, my, my, my man's I, trying to take a half-court shot. It doesn't even make it to the free-throw line.
2: My buddy had this, and it was very tricky to get the thing to shoot correctly. But, yes, this was it. See, I told you it was real.
1: I'm not that crazy. I, I kind of <laughs> wish it wasn't real.
0: I kind of wish it wasn't real.
1: Yeah, not quite a slam dunk on this one, but it is quite uh, quite interesting. It's a little bit of an and one, just without the part before the and one. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, Drew. I do see the pole thing, though. I, I got the pole. Uh, there but might be some goaltending going on there. Oh, he made wrong. a shot. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's he just not made a shot. I was remembering.
2: <laughs> like, I'm going to have to do some research now. That's not the little stick pole thing that I remember from a Lego thing. So it must have been on something else.
1: Wow, this is... Well, ladies and gentlemen, you learned something new. It might not have been gaming and sports related, but it, it does tie in a little bit with this 2K deal. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Again, 2K securing that new partnership and licensing agreement with Lego. Not official, but this is being reported by the Video Games Chronicle. We'll see what it ends up becoming as far as Lego sports games down the road. Next up on our list is Amazon. We talked about them a bit earlier, possibly being someone looking at the acquisition of Ubisoft. Not only that, but again, they're looking more into games. How can we get publishers? How can we get developers? How can we sign TV deals? And that brings us to our next topic. They are signing first look deals for Disco Elysium, a very highly rated game of the last couple of years. It takes two, the Game of the War, Game of the Year a winner at the Game Awards. And then Life is Strange, which we talked about at the top of the show as well. Those three, they're signing the first look deal for TV adaptations. I think this can technically be movies as well, uh, but anything to go to a television screen. In the end, these are three very popular games. Both or all three have really cult followings to them. A number of them high ratings as well. In the end, do you guys see any of these adapting well to TV? Do you see Amazon eventually signing a check for any of these as well? Drew, Just real quick. You? Yep.
0: You can get that Lego set on eBay for $175. All right,
1: break into the OTN budget. Let's wow, go. Wow, that's like an old Nintendo game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on re release <laughs> with no special editions or anything else. I'm sorry, Joey. Well, Your question was in regards to uh, Amazon. Is Drew yeah, going so first or am I? signing
1: this first deal. Yeah. Drew, Disco Elysium, It Takes Two, and Life is Strange. Do you see any of these being successful TV adaptations that Amazon might eventually sign this deal to continue moving forward in production?
2: Well, I might be a little biased at this point, but I think Life is Strange actually does fit into that mold very, very well. It fits a lot of these one or two season shows that we're seeing on Netflix or Amazon or some of those places. You can... You can run an eight or ten episode arc of the show, tell a really good story, and and that'd be it. If they try to run any of these for, like, five, six, eight seasons, it's not going to work. But if you set out to tell a specific story, and you finish when you finish, I think think Life is Strange could be an awesome show that I would absolutely... As long as they don't go, like, Riverdale with it. Like, don't be cheesy, dramatic. Be... Be... Be good, dramatic. I, I I would love to see that, and I okay. think they could
0: do it. So, so you mean don't be like Nathan Prescott dramatic in in Life is Strange. Just be like correct. Okay, yeah, right. right. He he was sense. a
2: Riverdale character. Yes, he definitely was. Um,
0: no, I I agree wholeheartedly with Drew. I think Life is Strange might be the best one uh, out of this. It takes two. I I think has a chance also, but I think Life is Strange with the way that that game is made. It's like a movie already, as it is. Like it's not your traditional game where, you know, you have to run around completing an objective, uh, like kill twelve crickets and collect eighteen Easter eggs. And it's not like a World of Warcraft kind of game. It's not a game where, you know, there's other things out there. It's a game where it's more like a movie, and you play the role of that main character. It's a very, uh, I like to equate it to a choose your own ending book. You have different scenarios you get into based upon your answers. That's how the ending goes. And I think that's what makes it great for TV is, like Drew said, it doesn't need to run too terribly long. But if you take a look at the original Life is Strange game, you have Life is Strange before the storm also. That could be easily a season or two right there. Then you have a gap where Max moves away from Arcadia Bay. Then she moves back to Arcadia Bay to go to Blackwell Academy and that starts the Life is Strange uh, arc of the show. And I feel like that could easily run two, three, four uh, seasons based upon what else you put in there and it can climax with the end of Life is Strange. Then you have a spinoff with Life is Strange 2. Uh, I believe it's Captain, uh, Captain Awesome or Captain Spirit, um, which is a tie-in to Life is Strange 2. Uh, then you can even have another spinoff with Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, it, it, there's there's endless possibilities with the way um, you can take Life is Strange because it's already so narrative-driven already. Uh, I think it'd just be a great uh, adaptation to TV. Uh, I, I feel like that might be one of the best games that could make it on TV or even as a movie going forward just because like, even if Hollywood got lazy, even if Amazon got lazy and just stuck to the original story, it still makes for great television.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing we've seen struggle in this area, well, video games and TV in general, but games that have choices have typically struggled when they look to adapt, And that's because so many different people choose different routes. So when you look at movies and TVs, it kind of locks them into one route. Unless you do something like Netflix has done with a couple different things where there's like an interactive story come up to this environment, there's a decision to be made, choose your thing, and then the story plays out differently. Very similar to what Life is Strange does in the game. I don't see Amazon going that route though. I think they do go strictly, they choose one decision and that's the path that's going to move forward. So with that being said, I could see some gamers taking a negative approach to it. But again, it is something that could adapt well. High school dramas typically do well. You throw some superpowers in there. Marvel obviously does very well, not to compare the two, but superpowers are something that do pretty well on TV in today's day and age. Uh, Disco Elysium and It Takes Two, I think, also pretty deep stories that have quite a bit of potential in that area too. Uh, Disco Elysium may be the easiest to kind of maneuver around the story and kind of almost spin it off a little bit into something different. Um, But overall, yeah, these are exciting. They're different. Amazon getting first dibs at them. Uh, I'm pretty sure the It Takes Two one is going to move forward Whether it does go to Amazon or not, I think that one will be happening. Uh, And I believe the other one, Disco Elysium, is also in a contract already. So again, if Amazon is the person that ends up getting it for their service, that is one thing, but I do believe a movie or TV show will be coming regardless. Uh, And last but not least, it's not official yet, but Amazon's also in the talks to develop a Mass Effect one as well. So we could see Mass Effect hitting the silver screen at some point too in the near future, but we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what happens as we go next up in the notes to keep us moving along we're going to take a first look at the psvr2 headset not too much to discuss on this one we've got kind of some drip feed info coming from playstation over time now we finally have the official look at it uh it is not a banana controller like some were thinking oh. it could be for a previous patent from sony But it is a nice-looking headset. It kind of has, for those who watch anime, because we're coming back to that, a little bit of that Sword Art Online headset feel to it, the NeuroLink or whatever it was called, uh, with the headset here. But the controller's also taking a little bit of a different adaptation, not necessarily the wand approach that we saw from the Wii in the previous PlayStation version, but a little bit more of a winged, encompassing part of your hand now. Uh, I kind of like the new controllers, the new headset looking pretty clean as well. Any additional thoughts? I'm not a big VR person. Uh, I don't think either one of you guys have dove too much into VR, but is this something that entices you or interests you more in the VR world at all?
0: I'm going to tell you right now, no, uh, <laughs> because I can't find a PlayStation 5. Uh, so why would I get a VR 2 from PlayStation? I have zero desire uh, to get anything PlayStation because I've yet to see anything other than the controller for a PlayStation 5. So in my mind, the PlayStation 5 does not exist. So I've never seen one in person anywhere ever.
2: I did see one in person in December. I managed yeah, to I snag it for a friend <laughs> that was trying to eat one for their kids. So hmm. I had it in my house for all of four hours. Um well I saw the box. I should I should clarify. <laughs> so so, so you're a part of the it propaganda. In there. It might have been in the box. I don't know. But um I want to get into the VR space. I've seen a lot of cool videos and uh like blogs about people who use it for exercise, and I've played Beat Saber and it's incredible. But I don't know that it's going to be PSVR that's going to make me do it. But anything that expands access to VR and entices developers and the technology space to put more money into it is a good thing. So I'm excited that it's happening and that it seems to be generating some conversation.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest interesting thing with this is PlayStation shut down a number of VR studios in 2020. The pandemic obviously playing some sort of role there, but they just weren't selling a ton when it came to VR. They've continued to invest in the headset and the hardware, though. And we do know some new games are coming. Gorilla with the Horizon. I don't remember the name of it, but it's one from that Horizon series kind of making its way to VR next. So we'll keep an eye now that they're kind of in-person first-party studios. They're a little bit bigger like your Naughty Dogs, like your Gorillas, potentially working on some VR games if that can eventually push that hardware a little bit more forward. Sticking with PlayStation is just quick hitting a rumor. Uh, this one coming from Special Nick on Twitter. He has stated, and he has been a little bit of hit and miss here and there. Typically, I would say 70-30 hit to miss. So some pretty good stuff coming out of him. So it is worth mentioning here. He thinks a big PlayStation showcase will be shown in March. Uh, This will be not necessarily a state of play, but the PlayStation showcase, the thing they pull out all the stops, the thing they show the bigger games for. Uh, Similar to where we saw Wolverine and Spider-Man and God of War last year. Uh, This one, it lines up with a lot of things, so it does make sense from our perspective as well. Project Spartacus, the game past competitor per se or the new ps now uh is supposed to drop in early spring so this would be a great place to show that you have Ghostwire tokyo it's a one-year playstation console exclusive this could be a good place to show that as well final fantasy 16 it's overdue it should have been shown last year it hasn't been shown yet we do know more is going to be shown in the spring maybe this is where we see it uh you've god of war it's set to release in quarter three 2022 the list goes on great time to start marketing for that gran turismo also coming out in the spring Tons and tons of things lead to this possibly being true. So while it is a rumor right now, I do think this could be one to look forward to if you're a PlayStation fan and maybe even a PC fan as well as we see more and more of their games making ports over to PC too.
2: I'd say even as a more of an Xbox fan, I'm excited because I know that Final Fantasy 16 is only a timed exclusive on uh, the PlayStation. And I really liked 15. Um, I'm one of the few that did, I think, but I also liked seven remakes. So I'm excited to get to play another Final Fantasy Uh, So the sooner they put it out on PlayStation, the sooner it will then come to the Xbox or the PC for me to play on. Since as John already pointed out, it's impossible to find a PS5.
1: I honestly feel like they should remove the name final. Uh, If you're a game that's gone 16 different editions, plus some in between, I feel like it's just a little contradictory at this point. Maybe it's just me, uh, but I'm just going to call this one fantasy 16 moving forward. And we'll see what happens.
0: Joey, that's like, it's like getting mad at Tom Cruise for having mission impossible seven. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, because like, what were you going to try to tell me that the first six missions actually were possible? Why are you calling it impossible if you're able to complete
1: it? Oh, uh, that's, uh, actually- I mean, let, let me just ask this question just alongside your question. Did he complete those missions?
2: I think like, he would did. anyone else have completed those. Meetings. Well, that's I mean, question. if
1: someone did though, that's the I question like the possibility meter is rising a little. I, bit I see. See, see
0: I, I don't know. Like for a second there, I thought the mission was going to be impossible when Tom Cruise couldn't make the jump and he broke his leg on the side of the building because he's like 83 years old and still well, wants oh. to do his own stunts. <laughs> so maybe it was impossible for that movie or at least mis- or should be called mission delayed. But, uh, you know, it's, it, is, it is what it is.
2: Wow, he 59.
0: Is, really is. he's wow, fifty-nine. Like, he's old, like he's he's up there.
2: I thought he was fifty-two, maybe, which is still <laughs> old by stunt standards. But I didn't realize he was that close to sixty. Maybe yeah. sixty in July.
0: And
1: Top oh, wow. Gun 2's coming out. Look at that!
2: Uh, highway <laughs> to the Danger Zone,
1: <laughs> Mission Impossible, Final Fantasy. You've heard it all, folks. Uh, moving on to launches. Last week, last Friday, in fact, Horizon Forbidden West. Aloy has entered into a new saga. This one launched on PS4 and PS5 last Friday. Critic ratings, we saw an 88 on Metacritic and an 88 on OpenCritic. Lots of 5 out of 5s and 10 out of 10s. This is actually for a different game, but it did do quite well overall. A lot of people did rate it very highly uh, in the end, 88 and 88 across the board. Uh, It did drop a little bit lower than the original. I think the original came through at a 92, if I remember correctly. Um, But in the end, Horizon Forbidden West, another great entry into that saga big congrats to that team over at gorilla if you're a playstation fan or a pc fan the original is available on steam as well you can dive into that horizon uh hervi- i forgot what the name of the original was horizon zero, zero dawn. dawn zero dawn yep there we go uh horizon zero dawn and then if you're a ps4 or ps5 owner horizon forbidden west also available at 60 dollars. don't pay that 70 price tag pay the 60 one it's the same exact thing
2: shady oh, check
1: that out now so shady not a fan of that Uh, But speaking of shady things, the TV show as well, Cuphead, Cuphead show launched on Netflix. There's some shady stuff going on here. A little weird devil action going on is that you owe the devil your soul in that one. Uh, There's 12, 15 minute episodes in season one, and it has trended in the top 10 on Netflix ever since its launch. We do have the trailer to show you guys once again, but have either of you dove into Horizon Forbidden West or Cuphead?
0: No, um, I'm not paying $60 for a PlayStation 4 game when I have an Xbox Series X. Uh, so sorry, I will not play that one. um Mainly because I don't you have to
2: sp- get the PlayStation 5 version of it too, John. Oh, I could,
0: <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Maybe I'll upgrade one day to the non existent PlayStation in 5. Five years. Yeah, when it finally is available. um Look, I- I'm going to be honest. this I never played Cuphead. I actually don't have any interest in watch. Okay, that was kind of funny. The soul being sucked out of a, of a <laughs> Cup character. Okay, I, you look. I'll, I'll tell you what, Joey. I will give it a shot. It was not on my radar. I was watching other stuff on Netflix. Um, I will give this a shot and report back to you next week. How about that?
1: I like it. Drew, have you given it a shot?
2: I have not. I remember buying Cuphead when it first came out and not playing it at all. But I, I love the look of it. It wasn't anything to do with like not liking the look of the game or the style or anything it looked like a fun arcade type game but i just never did but this looks so much like looney tunes meets rick and morty that i'm gonna have to check it out uh, just if anything because it's short i can watch an episode and of you know a short break from work and then get back on it
1: i like yeah, that it's a fun one it Lo- is
2: fun. looney it's tunes
0: fun. with a dash of rick and morty I'm going to add in some Animaniacs in there as well with how short it yeah, is. Um,
2: that's, that's a good addition.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm i going to give
2: it a shot. Joey, is
0: this where you got your devil voice from the other night? What was from this show?
2: Is this <laughs> uh, it is of- not. I don't know no? where that, that came from. Okay, just, just checking. came me. from deep yeah. within his soul is where that's, that came from. Yeah, that
1: was a little creepy. Um, yeah, that Halo <laughs> clip trending on Twitter. Um, but overall, yeah, That'd I thought it was fun. I went through the whole show. I just kind of binged it at one point. I, I wouldn't say it's great. I would probably rate it like, a five or a six overall. I don't think it was anything super special. Uh, I do like the idea of it going back to that classic animation style. I think that's a fun getaway. Uh, similar to some of the shows you guys mentioned, it kind of has a little bit more of that classic animation feel mixed with some modern day themes. I thought the first episode was fantastic. Really like that one. From there, it kind of trended downward for me, a little hill and climb here and there. Um, but overall, I think the first episode was probably my favorite overall. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out, though, especially as like a nice Saturday, Sunday morning cartoon. Next up is Elden Ring, guys. This one releases tonight for those in North America and South America, and it does end our gaming news before we slide into a little bit of esports and wrap up today's show. Uh, we do have a launch trailer for this one. It is a little bit longer. It might have some spoilers, so keep an eye out for that if you're live with us here on Twitch. Uh, critic rating-wise, guys, this came in as the front runner for Game of the Year this year, and so far, based on critic ratings, it is definitely looking like it could be that. Currently sitting at a 97 on Metacritic. It's fluctuated between 97 and 98 today. Hope and credit gets sitting at a 96, uh, also fluctuating between 96 and 97. So we're looking at the highest rated game of the year very easily and one of the highest rated games of all time, especially in modern gaming history. Tons of 5 out of 5s and 10 out of 10s. That's where that was supposed to come in the notes. Uh, And on top of that, one of the greatest rated games of all time. Pretty much any platform and any website you go to. Uh, For those who didn't play Dark Souls, I was not a big Dark Souls fan. I like the idea of punishing myself. I do enough of that in Halo multiplayer. I don't feel like I need to bang my head up against the wall or my controller, rather, uh, trying to be unbeatable bosses, or what do we call them? Mission Impossible bosses, should we? Um <laughs> Uh, In the end, I do like the idea of that build-up. You continue to get stronger. Your character gets stronger. You can continue to learn, I guess, boss patterns and methods to go past people. Uh, In the end, it does have a lot of similarities to that and what we saw in those Dark Souls series games. Uh, This one's supposed to be a little bit more forgiving, supposedly. I've seen mixed reviews on that. Some people saying it is. Some people saying it isn't. Uh, In the end, I don't think we can deny that the game looks gorgeous. Although very weird and awkward at certain times, it definitely has a very pretty approach to it. Uh, It looks like you'll be punishing. It looks like it'll be fun. And it looks like it does have those potentials to be a outspoken game of the year this year. Drew or John are either one of you guys looking to jump into Elden Ring because it is a little bit more niche. Uh, It is kind of a series that necessarily isn't a mass popularity, um, but it is picking up quite a bit of run here.
2: Uh, Well, while you were talking, I went and pre-ordered it so it could start downloading on my console. (laughs) Um, We'll see how much of it I actually end up playing, but it will be there for me at least when I decide to give it
1: a shot. Wow. I hope you used our affiliate link, Drew.
0: (laughs) It it sounds like Drew got that OTN annual bonus in there that he's able to purchase that game with real quick. I I
2: don't know. It's one I thought looked cool since it was announced like, a lot of people were hyped that it was a George R.R. R. Martin thing. And I mean, I liked Game of Thrones, fine, but that really wasn't it. It just, it has a look about it that gives me that Dark Souls thing that I never got into because I felt like I missed it because I didn't get into it originally and I didn't want to try to jump into it now. So I can get that Dark Souls experience, but be in a new world and not feel like I'm lost in a world that makes no sense to me. I don't know. I, I think it'll be cool. I don't know when I'll get into it, but I'm going to have it there for me.
1: John, are you feeling the punish me senpai on this one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go now. I'll all right. Um,
0: <laughs> well, that will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. If you uh, um,
1: I uh, type in anime, you know.
0: All right. Um, so, no, I, I have no interest in this game. I, I think it does look great. I think for people who are fans of this series, it's going to be fantastic for them. Um, I was watching uh, one of my favorite streamers play earlier today. Um, He was customizing his character. Uh, If you were uh, in the OTN Discord, you would have seen the uh, most obscure uh, customization feature for your uh, person when you're designing them. The forehead-to-nose ratio uh, slider that is available for when you create your... uh, your your in-game avatar if you will um i thought was absolutely ridiculous but anywho uh, as someone who spends an ungodly amount of time uh customizing their character because i am terrible at making decisions uh for characters i can't change their look of later on in the game um no i have no desire to play this game i I will watch other people play it i was never a dark dark souls fan um, I realize what kind of gamer I am, and that's one that never kills the boss on the first, second, or third try. Uh, so I don't want to be punished for not being good. Uh so I never played them. Simple as that.
1: <laughs> I love the brutal honesty there. I that's one mean... in and of itself.
2: Right self-awareness. <laughs> uh
1: I did end up pre-ordering this one as well over on Xbox. It's supposedly performing decently well over there. So I'm excited to dive in. I was never a Dark Souls person, similar to you guys, but I've decided I'm going to give it a try. I knew it was going to pull in high ratings. I didn't expect them to be this high, though. Uh, This even exceeding my expectations. So with that being said, we'll dive in, give it a try. Uh, I am 100% achievement type of guy, and this might not be the game that I can pull that off on. Uh, And it does have some weird enemies. I'm not the biggest fan of some of the art design in that sense. I do like the environments. The weird enemies kind of have that Scarlet Nexus vibe, a game I just finished. So diving right back into another one feels a little bit quick as we see this weird boss hand-looking thing on screen. Um, but overall, it will be an interesting one to see uh, the different lore that comes into this game and the environmental design overall.
2: I'm going to hijack you for a second. What What'd you think of Scarlet Nexus? It's another one that I've looked at getting and I think I would really enjoy.
1: I I think Scarlet Nexus has some of the weirdest boss and enemy designs of any game ever. They're just they're like weird looking creatures, so that part kind of turned me off a little bit. Uh, but overall, fluid combat, I think, it's probably the most fluid combat in a game I've ever played. Uh, there's just so many different combinations that you can play out in each fight, so I thought that was really fun. And I thought it was, uh, it's a cool storyline, but it's a game you have to devote a little bit of time to because you have to play through it twice.
2: Checking so it out. that Thank is you.
1: one thing to keep in mind. But it is 100 percentable because I did get the 100 percent achievement, so you can too, Drew. Just Ooh. takes a little bit of time. 100 percentable considered, yeah it's yeah. totally a thing it's is- definitely worth checking out though i thought it was fun there's also an anime of it supposedly i haven't checked that out i uh, we'll have to ask john's sister or his niece if it actually counts as an <laughs> anime um but overall i believe it is classified that for now <laughs> uh anything else on elden ring guys before we move on again it does release here in a couple hours for those in north america and south america
2: Apparently, there's some trick you can use to make it think you're in New Zealand. I didn't read too closely. Oh, yeah, you can change the clock saw, or whatever. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting, but I I don't think there's been a game that I've cared enough to do that for, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Maybe one day. I haven't done it either, but it is tempting here and there for certain games. I Kingdom think the
2: 3 way. might have done it for me had that been an option.
1: Or Halo. I think if they would have done Halo locked at a certain time, I would have considered it. Um, but yeah overall haven't done it yet but if you guys want to there is that little new zealand trick though by the time you most of you hear this on the podcast it'll already be released so enjoy your time at elden ring don't suffer too much uh notice me senpai uh over to overwatch league we do have a little bit of esports news here just to touch on some before we wrap up today's show overwatch teams are expected to receive an early build of the overwatch 2 beta in about two weeks Uh, I was told it was supposed to come at the end of February, so we're adding an extra week onto that. Uh, We were also told Overwatch 2 was going to come out years ago, and we've added quite a few weeks onto that, so who knows if it actually comes out. Um, But hopefully with teams... with contracts on the line with teams and reputations on the line they have to compete in this in a couple months in may i would hope they get some kind of build to practice on as the game is very much altering and changing considerably Uh, you're losing one player tanks are getting much beefier abilities are changing Uh, it's almost like it's a completely new game for the most part they need time to practice on it two weeks uh, while i think two months of practice time is going to be a little bit rough if it comes out in two weeks i think two months is better than no months So overall, I do hope for the player's sake, for the organization's sake, even for the viewer's sake, that we do eventually get some Overwatch 2 beta action going here very soon. I'm
2: not going to speak to if any of those changes are good or bad, uh, because I haven't played enough Overwatch to have that opinion, at least not in a long time. But I do appreciate that there is at least going to be a noticeable change from 1 to 2, and they're not just saying, oh, here's Overwatch 2, it's basically the same game, but we want you to pay for it again. I I at least appreciate that, whether it's good or bad.
0: Overwatch was never supposed to have an Overwatch 2. It was supposed to be a live service game. Like, if they're going to make changes, it's Overwatch. You had to buy the original Overwatch game. Cool, awesome. You want to play Overwatch 2 online? You want to continue to play multiplayer online? Cool, great. You can still do that. Oh, but we're going to make a campaign, and that's what we're going to charge you money for. Uh,
2: Possibly. Rumor has it. Um, That's what Activision did with Destiny. That's why Destiny 2 exists.
0: But see here's but that's the thing. Destiny Two was never supposed to be a thing. Destiny one was was touted as the end-all be-all. It's supposed to be like World of Warcraft where you had expansions come out to expand the story. But overall, the base game remains the same. Then Destiny two happened. Vision. Now you have Overwatch two that's happened, and I would argue Destiny Two was handled better than Overwatch two and the damage control that they've been doing. Granted, Blizzard Activision have a bunch of other crap going on. Uh, that, that they need to take care of as well. But I, I think the biggest issue with Overwatch 2 is how it's impacting this esports scene for the league. You're making a major change. You're forcing rosters to change. We're going from six to five players. We're going from two tanks to one tank. That changes up everything. Game style, preparation, how, you, how do you rotate around? How do you spread out the heels? How do you spread out the damage? What do you focus first? They're introducing a new game mode that nobody has played in push. Um, you know, there's so many things changing, and they're setting, honestly, look, I'm just going to say this. They're setting the pro scene up to fail. There is nothing worse than fans watching a league, watching pros play a game that they're not familiar with that the fans can't play also. Um, if they're going to get an early build of this game, it has to be good enough to act as a marketing tool. That's what eSports leagues are as well. They're a marketing tool. They're a way to get people to play the game. League of Legends does a great job at it. Uh, they, they built up a player base before uh, League of Legends eSports became a thing. Now that, uh, now that League of Legends eSports is massive, it's pulling people in on the eSports side and people are going to play the game the same game that the pros are playing. Maybe it's on a different patch, whatever. But the big difference comes down to is how the pros interpret the game versus lower elo. It's not a completely different game like what we're going to have in Overwatch League. That's the big issue, and, and I think that's the biggest problem is that it's so disconnected from the fan base, and it's so disconnected from the pro player base. It's absolutely insane. This needs to come out ASAP, not in two weeks, but like yesterday, yesterday, Two months ago, a year ago, it is absolutely absurd. It's taken this long. The amount of people that have quit over this game, how many different game directors have taken over this game? If this game is not a home run, I, I, I'm I'm nervous for Overwatch. A lot of people are already calling it a dead game, and Overwatch Two could be the nail in the coffin.
2: But I don't, I don't see how it can be a home run at this point because of the all the various delays and the issues with it. I, I am not an Overwatch fan, and I'm tired of hearing about Overwatch 2, and I wish it would go away. I don't know what they could do to change my mind. And it's not going to be the esports scene, because like you said, I did watch a little bit of Overwatch League. And I don't want to watch teams trying to figure it out when I'm used to watching teams know exactly what they're doing. That'd be like changing the NFL to be Canadian football. Oh, God. And nobody's seeing it until the first game. And it's like, well, none of this makes sense. I'm just going to stop watching. That's what's going to happen.
0: Now. I I, I will say this. The only thing that gives me some hope is no man's sky. And the reason I bring that up is because no man's sky released. And it was an absolute train wreck. There's a lot of things wrong with the game. And eventually they fixed it to the point where the game is actually very enjoyable for people. I haven't played it. I have watched the changes go on. Um, over the years, but again, that took a long time for No Man's Sky to really find its place and fix out those bugs. When you have a game like Overwatch 2 that is banking on the pro scene, kind of being that main push for this game, because we're not seeing anything else. Everything we've seen from Overwatch 2 promo-wise has been in the sense of esports, in the sense of competitive play, not... You know, the story, it's not like how Overwatch was teased at BlizzCon with an amazing trailer that has this story that happens to focus on multiplayer and eventually lore leaks out throughout the years. No, they're straight up going, this is what it is. It's essentially going to be, uh, you know, we're going to promote this through the, the lens of esports through the Overwatch League. And that's our main push to get people invested in this game. Yeah, there's going to be a PVE side of it. You're probably going to have to pay money for it. But we're going to give you a PvE side because those PvE events in Overwatch did so well. That's fine. That's great. But the problem is is you can't do that when you're banking on esports being your main voice promoting that game. Uh, you, you can't afford to do a No Man's Sky here. You have to come out with, with those bats swinging and you have to knock it out of the park from
1: the get-go. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a home run. I think at most they get a ground rule double here. Uh, overall like there's some good things that'll come from it they can expand the story i feel like they should have always been doing tv adaptations they should have done something in that space the animation is fantastic release videos maybe monthly bi-monthly whatever it be continue to expand on the lore. that's one of the biggest things that really drove this game forward Uh, but john i think you hit on it esports are not the way to sell your game esports are an enhancement of the game you got to build up the game's popularity first and overwatch had that then they stopped releasing characters they stopped releasing maps They locked it all behind this Overwatch 2 door that has apparently never been opened, it feels like. And all this content is out there. There's, like, three new characters coming soon, then there's another three after that. Like, why not have released these with the original Overwatch? Had they been releasing these characters every two, every three months, then you have that content continue to flow. You give people reasons to dive back into your game. You give them new maps to experience. It's the same issue that Halo is going through now, in my opinion. It's not necessarily character lock like Overwatch is with abilities, But give us new things. Give us more unique armor. Give us more maps. And obviously, they're going through bug fixing, and games are going to have that here and there. But teams like Blizzard are giant, and they should be able to do the bug fixes on top of giving this content. I don't know who made the decision, but that's where they went wrong. Uh, They need to continue to keep giving content. That's how Apex does it. That's how Fortnite does it. That's how Warzone does it. And what are the top three games every single time for the last three or four years? Those three we just named, and they all do live service very, very well overwatch should have looked at that model uh you look at league of legends outside of console that's also extremely popular same thing constant updates every two weeks you have a patch that gives balance changes that gives new skins anything like that is how you're going to keep a live service game going unfortunately overwatch they got a little bit greedy when they dove into the overwatch league they pulled all this money in from owners and now owners are like hey the viewership isn't there we're not getting money on a return where do we come up with this? So now you're pushing in Overwatch 2. It's coming a little bit later than expected. It's now going to come out, whether it be in this beta form or not. And as you guys mentioned, there's going to be a disconnect between the audience. There's going to be other disconnects here and there. Uh, in the end, it's going to be interesting to see how it does land. But hopefully, assuming this rumor is true coming out of Dexter- or Dexter Dexerto, Hopefully, it is in pros' hands here in about two weeks so we can finally see, maybe on stream, maybe not, depending on what the NDAs look like on that, uh, what this game will actually look like when it eventually comes out. Sliding into our next eSports topic, this one a little bit of a quicker hit. Anaheim runner-up, Optic Gaming. Cloud9 did win Anaheim. We did not get a chance to mention that last week, but congratulations to Cloud9, the back-to-back HCS champions. Uh, This one only an NA event, not a worldwide event, but still a nice title to their name. The runner-ups, however, Optic Gaming have decided they want to make some moves. They want to compete a little bit tighter against Cloud9 next time around. They've decided to drop Halo Mainstay Pistola for another longtime player of the scene coming over from Call of Duty and still with Optic Gaming as a streamer. Now moving on to their competitive esports team, that is going to be formal. I think this is a good move overall. Pistola, super creative player, decent in comms from the sound of things, and just someone who's been around the scene for so long and brings a wealth of experience. Formal brings a lot of experience as well, but on top of that, he brings a lot of fragging ability. And I think in the end, that will elevate Optic to a little bit more of a competitive level up against that C9 super squad. Any additional mentions there for HCS, John? Does that make you shake in your boots as a Cloud9 fan? No simple easy formal (laughs) absolutely love it we'll see how he competes Uh, i believe this thursday he might actually be competing right now with optic we'll have to see if they have to play in tonight's matches Um, but yeah keep an eye out for that that optic roster definitely getting a little bit scarier with him and i expect pistola to be picked up by another pro team here shortly and he'll definitely elevate that roster as well Last but not least, in the news for this week's Level Up episode, we have Cloud9 releasing their head coach LS with a very, very vague social media post prior to Saturday's match. It came out. It said LS will not be on stage. LS is no longer with Cloud9. The statement now up for you over here on stream. LS has been released from Cloud9, and Max Waldo has been promoted to the LCS head coach position We would like to thank LS for his contributions to the team and wish him the best. Uh, This message, again, out of nowhere, following a lot of big marketing campaign for LS. Cloud9 was winning. They were using these obscure drafts. They were pulling in viewership. The LCS was doing well overall because of it. Everything seemed to be nice and flowery on the outside public perspective, but apparently something not as nice going on inside as this did come out. LS now moved all the way back to South Korea and he has decided that he's never going to take a formal coaching position again for a particular organization. So something definitely went wrong after the statement. We eventually got a video from cloud nine, John, go ahead and break that down a little bit and let us know your thoughts on this as a cloud nine fan.
0: I have defended cloud nine through a lot of crappy situations. Um, Unfortunately, this one cloud nine has got to do better. Um, if, if if Before I even touch on the video, when LS was hired, the video Cloud9 put out uh, for that hiring, which was December 1st, you can go back on Twitter, it's still there, they have not deleted it. Jack talks about how LS brings a different style to Cloud9, brings a different mindset to Cloud9 than what they were used to doing, and that that's what they needed to really move forward and be competitive in the new look LCS. LS helped build this roster. Uh, even before he was hired, helped build this cloud nine roster with players that he thought could compete and bring cloud nine and the LCS up to the next level to actually be competitive in worlds. Ellis is then hired. Ellis has a massive fan base all around the world, uh, not just for his commentary, but the way he sees this game and the way he, he thinks about the game and the way he likes playing this game. It's a very unique style, and it worked. He went 3-1 in four games. He went 3-1 and one in the LCS. It was very exciting to watch. Yeah, there were wacky drafts. Yeah, there were wacky play styles, but you know what? It worked. It was fun. The viewership numbers were up. Cloud9 was getting so much viewership in comparison to everyone else. Then we get this. Minutes before Cloud9 takes the stage against CLG, an 0-4 team. An 0-4 team, minutes before they take stage, Cloud9 tweets us out. A very generic, vanilla, poorly PR-written tweet saying that we have released LS. They go on to lose that game to the 0-4 CLG squad. Congratulations, CLG, for the win. It makes no sense. There was outcry. The casters on the, on the, on the stream, shocked. Shocked, caught off guard. I'm going to scroll down here a little bit. Cloud9, legend, sneaky, doesn't even understand it. We have former Cloud9 greats coming out not even understanding this move. Yes, uh, there are some players that came out that were interviewed, mainly Fudge, uh, that, that talked about how behind the scenes there may have been like different styles uh, clashing here and there. But at the same time, that's why you hired LS for that different take on how this game is played. Then you put out a video. And this video ticked off Cloud9 fans even more because this video was handwritten by some fancy PR department. I have no proof of that. It's just speculation because of how (laughs) well it's prepared. Uh, and, And the statements seemed very tailored. That gave no additional insight. It was essentially Jack saying that Cloud9 has built their organization on a foundation of how coaches coach and players play and what they're looking for in both coaches and players. And LS did not fit that mold anymore. To me, that's 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 you telling me that you didn't vet LS. That's me, That's you telling me that you weren't familiar with what LS brought to the table. And I think that's where a lot of Cloud9 fans are irritated about was that This whole thing was so hyped for months leading into the regular season, and then all of a sudden you're just going to drop this bombshell before the team goes on stage, minutes before they go on stage. LS comes out and says he was notified four hours before this announcement went out. You're going to have to be more clear. And yeah, I understand. They're not going to come out with any more information. They've already said they're not going to talk about it anymore. And a lot of diehard, lifelong Cloud9 fans are having a major major issue with it. Uh I know we dog on TSM quite a bit. Um but at the end of the day TSM makes these kind of moves also where, where like they don't really talk about it. They just say, "Oh, because everyone's going everyone has said, I'm well, not everyone, but a lot of people have said on social media, this is a TSM move. Like this is something TSM would do." Uh take it as a diss or or as a praise, whatever. But long story short, Cloud9 you have to do better. Like if you're going you have the right to release any employee it's 100% up to you, but you have to be clear, right? You have people that bought into Cloud9 Stratus because of LS, because of him coming on, uh, you know, bringing more people into the Cloud9 fandom. You have people buying more merch. You had Korea 9 shirts made. Korea 9 merch, a tagline LS came up with for how he helped bring in Korea, Korean players to this roster. A whole entire marketing campaign and you fired the guy with zero information given out to the fan base. I, I think it's a travesty. I think a lot of fans are going to be upset for a long time. Obviously, winning cures everything, but you also lost to 0-4 CLG. So, pardon me, 1-4 and CLG. So, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I personally am upset about it. Um, I'm still going to support Cloud9, but I'm definitely not happy with the direction that that went. Sorry for I, the I, rant.
2: I, no, you're good. I have to ask, though... Um, Well, first, I mean, I'm a Rogue fan, and they lost to Owen whatever Astralis, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But anyway, what, (laughs) what, what do you think happened? Like, this has all been so vague, and I know you're a diehard Cloud9 fan of every variety that they play in, like, what, what could have been happening behind the scenes that would make them do this? I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it.
0: So from what I've heard from the limited information that has come out, um, Fudge, the mid laner for for Cloud9, um, said that, you know, the way practices and scrims were held um, may have caused some issues. He wouldn't go into detail, obviously. I mean, it honestly does sound like it was a fundamental difference of opinion, uh, uh, understanding. And wanting to uh, play the game or, or how they want, kind of want to formulate what Cloud9 does in-game on stage. Uh, that's the only thing I can really think of. But at the same time, when you release a vague statement like this, that leaves the mind to wonder what actually happened. And that's the problem, is in a world where esports still has a lot of bad things happen, whether it's cheating... Uh, whether it's uh, you know people taking advantage of their uh, position in the community uh, with fans or whatever, there is a dark side to esports. I think anyone who follows the scene knows that. The problem is, is when you put something like this out there, it leaves the mind to wander, and that can end up hurting not just you as the organization, but the person you fired. LS has an amazing fan base for him and his brand I'm a big LS fan also I thought it was great that Cloud9 picked him up I thought it was fantastic I loved it when T1 picked him up as as a uh, uh, like as an advisor I thought that was fantastic Um, but this just it the it needs to be more as as okay I want it to be specific I want to know exactly the reason why I understand that will not happen and I'm completely okay with that But you need to provide more clarification. A lot of people spent a lot of money to support this team because of LS. You owe it to those fans and your fan base to provide a little more context. And that's the issue. There wasn't enough context, and I think the scrutiny to Cloud9 is justified because of it.
2: I agree, 100%.
1: Yeah, it's a messy situation. I think you guys clarified a lot of it, so not going to go much further into it. LS did come out. He said his lawyers are involved as well. Uh, I could see that being something deeper. I could also see it being just, hey, I want to make sure I get a fair share of my cut salary that I did not end up making because of this uh, firing coming out. So it could go either way there. Uh, As John said, it's something you can't really think too much on because obviously our minds can run wild. We can think of crazy things that are so much more extreme than what happened. Or maybe it is extreme and we're just not going to get to that point. I really don't know. Uh, From the sound of it, we've seen some other content creators for Cloud9 come out, some other players come out, Uh, even the team of Cloud9, whether it be Jack or whether it be some of the players actually involved hands-on with LS. It doesn't sound like it's something absolutely crazy. It was just something that they just didn't quite align with what Cloud9 believed in and what the players were hoping to see eventually make their way onto the Rift. So regardless of what it was, I feel like the one thing no one can really argue against is that this, the way that they released a statement was not a very good way. PR wise. They probably should have said, Hey, Hey, LS is not available for tonight's matchups, Max Waldo stepping in or whatever end up being. Uh, you don't want to come out with an announcement like this right before the matches though. It makes everyone super speculative. It's got all this negative information flying around. Uh, they could have just assumed he was sick. He wasn't available for the night's matches. Okay. That's fine. Done. And then you end up with a fancier, nicer, well better written, I guess PR statement eventually coming out, whether it be for Sunday's match or coming out uh, after Saturday's match, or even maybe Monday after the weekend. Regardless, this was not the best approach to it. In the end, I don't know if we'll ever find out exactly what happened. Maybe on someone's stream, like I could see Nemesis leaking it on accident at some point. Um, But overall, it seems like both sides are going to take it in a professional manner, per se, at least until the legal proceedings do end up coming through. So we'll keep an eye on that situation, report back to you guys. But Drew, John, unless there's anything else you guys want to add, I think that will wrap up today's episode. Uh, again, we were planning on having Drew on last week, actually, and there was a lot less to talk about, so it's going to be a little more of a flexible, uh, I guess, freeform show. Uh, this week we came in, and it felt like news was dropping left and right in gaming and esports, so there was a lot more to cover overall. Um, but, Drew, thanks again for joining us, as always, on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I-, I always love getting to jump on with you guys and get to be a part of this. It's like having friends.
1: Oh, um, John, anything else to say?
0: Uh, just real quick, um, even though we were just talking about Cloud9 and how disappointed a lot of people uh, are in them. Uh, just real quick. Um, yes. It's HCS related? And it's not. Uh, yes, I'm a big Cloud9 fan. Yes, I pay attention to everything they do, uh, which also means I pay attention to Jack and what's been going on in his life. Uh, today, his father passed away. Uh, so on behalf of everyone here at OTN and Level Up, our, our condolences to Jack and Cloud9 and everyone uh, in, involved with that ownership group that, uh, that knew Jack's father. Uh, he played a massive role in the culture that Cloud9 ended up developing. Uh, he spent a lot of time going to LCS matches uh, back in the, in the early heydays of Cloud9 being in the LCS. Uh, was a very big supporter of Jack and everything Cloud9 was doing. Uh, so uh, just wanted to put that out there uh, that, uh, you know, Jack, we're, we're sending our positive vibes, uh, vibes, our prayers, our, our good intentions there to you, uh, for you and your family and the entire Cloud9 organization uh, for your loss today. Anybody else? We're gonna end it on a sad note.
2: <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, or I can I can I can twist it to a slightly happier note. Do it. I really enjoyed that when y'all were talking about the HCS stuff. But those were all people that I knew because <laughs> I got to go to Raleigh with you guys, and I actually saw them in person. So that was that was like, hey, I know who they're talking about. That's cool.
1: <laughs>
0: Love it. That's right. You you were not the one that fell asleep on the convention floor. No. Hey, speaking no. oh, of. Oh, look at that. That was like, that was impeccable wow. timing. That, that was absolutely insane. We'll I, do my, uh, I do have my hoodie
2: here that uh, matches the one John is wearing. Hey, that, uh, let's a, a go. certain third person on here did not buy for some reason
1: unacceptable absolutely but, unacceptable pat i can't believe it
0: he, he did buy a cloud nine hoodie
1: though. i did i did buy so 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 i so, love that hoodie
0: that that hoodie is nice i would not wear it at the moment until everything blows over <laughs> but uh any hoozies, you know that that is a thing uh, pat th- thank you for stopping by it's, it's always good to talk about you falling asleep on the convention floor at the hcs because it wasn't like halo was going on or anything but nonetheless, Drew, thank you as always for joining. Uh, once again, it was a pleasure to have you on here. A nation that will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN because becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show live on Twitch to catch your next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. The Level Up podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our entire community so much or multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are those ways?
1: Absolutely. Level Up Nation, head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live, L V L U P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company, OTN Media, on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. And last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even one of those juicy Twitch Prime subs over here on Twitch, Twitch.tv forward slash OTN media, a number of streams throughout the week. We just had Drew's Life is Strange stream last week, level up every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as a number of other streams here and there, too. We'll
0: have to get Drew to stream more Life is Strange titles as his catalog continues to grow. But make sure you tune in next Thursday, March 3rd. It's going to be March already as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor, hit that sub and follow button to know. When the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Remember to enjoy your weekend and be nice to your fellow gamers online. Drew, are you ready for this next part? Because I know last time you struggled a little bit. I want to make sure I'm giving you a heads up. All right, here we go. And as always,
2: Level level up. Up.